Welcome to the Ride With Us podcast, presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation, promotion, and preservation of roller coasters around the globe. So please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome your hosts, Jessica Gardner and John Davidson. Hello, coaster enthusiasts and theme park fans, and welcome to the September Ride With Us podcast, where we look around and realize that Halloween is already upon us in the parks. So to kick off this spooktacular episode, let's head over to the West Coast, where Derek and Doug Perry got to sit down with the Cedar Fair Tricks and Treats creative team. Hey everybody, I'm Derek Perry. And I'm Doug Perry. And we're so excited to be here today with the creative team behind Cedar Fair's Tricks and Treats. Tricks and Treats is the new Halloween event happening at California's Great America and Valley Fair in Minnesota. But we've got the creative team behind that, Jen Bascom, David Rosica, and Andy Crocker joining us today. Let's start with Jen Bascom, who's the director of immersive performance at California's Great America for Tricks and Treats. Jen, how did you get involved into the theme park world? I will tell you, it's a long story, but the short version is I auditioned for Walt Disney World out of college and got an equity contract and did many years of of many different performances for the Disney company and worked for different other theme parks and with um, playtesting different kind of immersive experiences in the theme park world. Eventually that led to directing and writing work. And now I am a immersive experience director at the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. However, I am very excited to be the director of immersive performance for California Great America's Tricks and Treats this year. It's going to be joyous. I can't wait. Yes, it's so exciting that a new Halloween event is coming to this park. I love Halloween. (laughs) So you must have been so thrilled to get involved with this. I absolutely was. And I've worked with Andy and David prior to this. So when they called and asked if I would be interested, I didn't even care what it was. If they were involved, I just blindly said yes, (laughs) because everything they do turns to magic. And we're going to get into tricks and treats and what it's all about. But before that, can you give us a little taste of what your involvement is with the immersive side of the event? Sure. The world will be um, uh, taking on all the flavors of uh, the things we love about the holiday of Halloween and its season. And one of the ways that we uh, bring the world to life is through uh, different characters that you Um, get to interact with that immerse you in all of these different lands that represent all those delicious flavors of Halloween. Jen, you're such a talented director and so creative that you elevate everything you work on to the next level. And all of you are a great team with the ideas of Cedar Fierce playing Lawrence and Andy as creative director, David as creative writer. This is going to be the must-see event of the Halloween season. Now, Andy, how did you get involved in the theme park world? I am, compared to my other two compatriots here, a little newer to theme park specifically, uh, but not at all new to immersive performance and uh, interactive performance. So I've been uh, in the improv world uh, for 
I don't know what year it is, but over 20 years, let's say, uh, professionally. And the, before that, the traditional theater world. Um, and eventually the immersive theater world, which again, like all of this, like Venn diagram put me smack dab into themed entertainment world. It was a place where I could finally feel like I was using all of my skills. So from, you know, the doing improv at comedy sports, Los Angeles, to teeny tiny shoebox theater, uh, to immersive theater, to escape room design, to now there's just been, it's too long and winding of a road, but it led me here. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, on one of those many uh, stops on the winding road, I was so fortunate that I was uh, paired up with David on a project. Uh, we loved working together. I mean, I won't speak for you. I loved working with David, so I tried to do it more. And, uh, yeah. uh, he's on the fence. And uh, and then when we had the opportunity to, to work with Jen, it's just um, a combination that uh, can't be beat. So we try to do it as much as possible. <laughs> Very cool. So David, you've been in the theme park world for a while now. Yeah. So I was a, like a haunted house kid. I started off doing stuff when I was about 13, um, doing stuff in my local community. And then I, uh, it's funny cause like Jen at a different, uh, part of my life, once I got done with doing some more of my haunty type things, I moved to Orlando and I was also involved with Disney and Universal and the SeaWorld parks and uh, started to get crossover from being in more of the operational stage management, performance, um, all the ops side of things into um, more of the writing and directing part of the world. And uh, I have up till about 2016, when I moved out to LA, I was doing a bunch of different stuff for groups like SeaWorld for Deep Blue Creative and, and other folks out there writing for mostly the theme park world. And then ever since I've come out to LA, I've been, like Andy mentioned, doing more and more smushy stuff that is blending immersive theater and theme parks. And I'm doing a lot of brand activations and pop-ups for horror experiences and fantasy experiences and things like that. So it's a little bit of a little bit of everything, which is like uh, both of these wonderful folks have mentioned very much how Tricks and Treats is too. It's a little piece of all of these different worlds all coming together in one event, which is why it's really been fun to work on. And for people who don't know about Tricks and Treats, could you tell us a little about this experience? Tricks and Treats is a Halloween celebration for everyone. Um, and by that, uh, we I think what makes it unique is it's a day to night experience telling one story from park opening to park close um, where you could bring your family. And that means whoever family is to you. That could mean little kids. That could mean your chosen family, uh, your cousin, uh, your work posse, your besties. Like that is to me what, you know, it's an all ages and we really mean it. So um, I think one of the first things to just say is like, that is one of the beautiful things about this is that it's Halloween for everyone, that it feels super Halloween-y, uh, but also doesn't have that like, the sun's going down. You better get out if you are at all uh, a scaredy cat. That is so neat that we can all stay in the park together until closing time. We don't have to say goodbye to our scaredy cat friends. And not only that, but sort of be rewarded for, for staying because there is so much to do that's for everyone. And I, and I will say before I kick it over to David to talk about like how we do this creatively is, um, you know, as a mom who loves Halloween, 
and hates being startled. This is like my dream um, because I have found it tough to find things that I can really feel like I'm celebrating the holiday in a real way and have it be both my jam and those that I love their jam as well. I was also really hoping you were going to talk about how subjective frights are because I, this is me being selfish. I always like to hear Andy talk about Shirley, her daughter and her relationship with the scarier side of things. So, oh, I can talk about that too. So I have a daughter, her name is Shirley. She is the daughter of two people that worked at work in theme entertainment. So just imagine what that's like. Um, so my, my husband and I both work in this industry. So she's been exposed to a lot of, uh, fun adventures. She's six. She loves Halloween. She loves it. Haunted Mansion, her favorite. Loves, 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 loves ghosts, goblins, vampires, everything. Loves a zombie. Terrified of bubblegum. She thinks it is horrifying when someone blows a bubble. It scares her so much. Um, And I, to me, I'm like, yeah, you can't say it's a Halloween without fears because fear is so subjective. You never know what is the thing that that frightens someone. So instead of focusing on what it isn't, we really try to focus on what it is because we want to create an event for my oddball in the best sense uh, kid who wants to party with zombies but does not enjoy bubblegum. It's cool for us because, um, you know, we all come from such different parts of the, I mentioned I came from like a very hardcore sort of Halloween, scary haunt. I do like I've been an attendee of like extreme haunts and all kinds of things like that. And then that is like the polar opposite of where Andy comes into the world. But what's nice is that we feel like so. So part of the overall sort of creative strategy of the event is that all throughout the day, Andy mentioned it was day to night. Basically, guests are uh, touching base into two different uh, places for each type of tricks or treats. So there's two lands of tricks. There's two lands of treats. The lands of tricks are Spooky Spires and Ickyville, and the lands of treats are Sweet Tooth Acres and Everfall. So we really tried to encapsulate the uh, different fragments of what is Halloween to different people because everybody has their own thing that they look at as Halloween. So um, what's really exciting is that you can dip in a little bit into Icky and Rat Fink and Creepy Crawlers if you want, or you can dip over into Cozy Sweater Weather, Pumpkin Spice Latte, or you can dip in over to, um, you know, very like sort of uh, Edward Gorey, morbid, you know, black and white sort of gothic place. Or you can dip over into a place where the candy is grown for all of the trick-or-treating for the season. So um, basically we're giving people a real chance for this entire continuous story where they can pick how they want to almost a little bit like now that I think about it a little bit like your trick-or-treating bag with all these different types of candies in it. You can decide how you want the mix of all those things to be. You can visit and, you know, at sort of at your own leisure. The whole goal for our guests, if there is a goal, is that we're having just a great time partying and collecting all the elements of Halloween uh, because at a very special time in the day, we're going to put everything we've been putting together in all the lands of tricks and treats uh, into a uh, a fun gentleman, gentle pumpkin uh, (laughs) pale named Patch the Pumpkin Pale, who will bring the full Halloween season alive for our evening experience. It seems like there definitely is something for everybody. Yeah, there's there's so many types of offerings that activate guests to have the Halloween that they need to have. Um, Some of those are characters that you encounter in these lands. 
Um, some of them are costume contests and shows. There's musical elements, game shows. Uh, there are musical events that, of live music. And throughout the whole experience, I think everybody gets the Halloween that they want to have. And if everybody in your group wants a different kind of Halloween, you can just travel the entire experience, which I think is great. From the immersive side of it, um, there are stories that you can participate in to help characters to get what they need from this fun event that they're celebrating with you that leads to everybody going to this pumpkin pail and being able to everybody's offering to the pale, no matter what kind of Halloween you want to have, everybody's offering matters, which I think is what's really lovely about how they've created the story. Yeah, I think our hope is kind of that when people um, get really resonate with a character or um, check in with somebody, they all kind of have different backstories and relationships and things. So people could uh, meet some a character, have a moment, and then they could come back hours later. And that that just like in sort of a real living town, all these characters will have gone off and done other things and have grown and changed. And uh, it's just fun to to give people a chance to uh, really kind of choose their own adventure and realize how much all of this world is alive and speaking to each other. And in terms of the sort of Halloween for everyone ethos, it's, you know, the goal is very much to create a a sort of um, opt-in experience where if you don't want to talk to anybody, you're cool. Like the the whole park is open. All the uh, rides and attractions that you love are still happening. Um, Incredible food offerings, music that you can just pass. Like you don't have to like interact with the musicians in order to get them to play. Like you could have as passive or active of an experience. You could have these sort of more intimate performance moments. And also you could just like eat some awesome funnel cake and listen to some great music. For all of us that create this stuff, we have our own tastes and desires and dreams of how much we want to interact with it. We want to create something that's rich enough to go deep if you want and doesn't make you feel like you're missing out on anything or that you're behind if you get there at, you know, 715. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like such a creative experience and like so much imagination has gone into it. How did you prepare and create this? I, I know you've worked with Star Wars and different IPs, so this is kind of creating a new IP and everything coming from your own imagination. Did you watch a lot of scary movies to like come up with ideas or did ideas just pop into your head from trick-or-treating as a kid? Did you go trick-or-treating <laughs> to uh, relive the experience? How did you uh, create these new worlds? I think the thing about all three of us is that Halloween is part of our, a big part of our hearts. So it wasn't like we had to, you know, do as much deep dive research as you would, as if you got hired to do an IP you weren't familiar with, because it's double whammy, right? It's all original IP. And it's also like looking into our hearts at a thing we already love and being like, what do we love? What does it feel? What will make this feel like Halloween? Well, it's not Halloween without blankety blank was kind of a, a question that we asked ourselves quite a bit at the beginning. David, could, does, does your brain go back in time and remember anything specific? Um, I mean, I was going to also say that Andy makes very epic musical playlists for mm-hmm. all of us that helps us get into the mood and also has figured out how to do Zoom in the lovely pandemic times, Zoom wait music that is themed <laughs> to Halloween while we're waiting for meetings to begin. So uh, that definitely has kept us on point and in the spirit through uh, throughout everything that's gone on. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that we do a ton of just sharing random 
videos and like one of the things that was like a touchstone for whatever reason has just been a lifelong touchstone i would say is tim curry in worst witch um doing his 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 famous song so sending that to andy which is something i probably would have done anyway um <laughs> just to remind ourselves of all the tonal things or we we go back to it's amazing how much this event has allowed us to not just look at halloween stuff but also also things that have nothing to do with halloween that were in the back of our brain somewhere like Oh, Wienerville. Like we talked about that. If anybody remembers Wienerville. From, Nick, or, from Nickelodeon. I feel Nickelodeon. like I should for our oh, younger yeah, that's listeners. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, or Ren and Stimpy, uh, you know, things that touch on different tonal pieces of, you know, like I used to have, I used to be like afraid of, but also collect garbage pail kids cards when I was a kid and remembering those as part of the Ickyville, you know, programming for that land has been uh, really instructive. Plus, I think we do a lot when we're creating things of just being like, can we can we do this? Is this the thing we could actually like, that just, if it amuses us, we're probably like other people would be like into it too. An example of that being, um, I, I'm really lo loving talking about Ickyville today, but we have these characters called the roaming creature features that um, are the equivalent of uh, roaming monsters that you maybe would have in a scarier Halloween event, but in ours, they're all just doing casual things that you would do if it was your town. So they're like, you know, waiting in line for rides and waiting for, uh, to, to get a, you know, a zombie is waiting for, you know, a nice bite to eat. And so they're just casual monsters out enjoying the day. And it's all those things of us just being like, can we subvert there, there are things that we can sort of show how much we love them, but also give them a unique twist. And I think when it amuses us and makes us laugh out loud thinking about them, it's probably worth pushing towards those ideas. I feel like there was a lot of like, can we do that? Like yeah. there's a lot of like kind of mischievous, like what if? Um, and, and I think at the core of it, you know, there was a couple questions like, what does it feel? What is it? What do we need to have it? What do we need to have in it for it to feel like Halloween? And then how can we have those things? And talking about like subversion, like subverting the relationship. I always talk about the relationship of guest and ghoul, which is like, it's the, we have all of the monsters. It's just, we subvert the relationship to have it instead of be adversarial, it's collaborative. So instead of the monsters trying to get you, they're trying to get you to party. That's not <laughs> that was the first time I've ever said that. We're, it was we're bad. keeping it in. <laughs> no. I was excited to go before talking to you. And now like, I'm really excited <laughs> to go. It sounds awesome. Did you get to go to Valley Fair in California's Great America and see what you wanted to add to the different lands and the layout? Yeah, we've made, we've all of us have made a couple trips. Um, and the first time, the first time uh, went to Valley Fair, it was uh, too cold to think about anything. Uh, I was like, we really got to go do a site walk. And they're like, we really don't want to. It's very cold right now. Um, one time I asked if they had a, <laughs> that there was Christmas programming at Valley Fair because I'm so Californian. And they almost laughed. They were like, it's so cold. What are you talking about? But we can't fall, open our doors. <laughs> <laughs> but fall is beautiful there. So that's very exciting. Um, uh, so yeah, we made several site visits. Um, but I think one of the big shifts, uh, another thing that I really love about this as an immersive experience, um, and I got to give David credit, so maybe I should probably have say you should talk about it, is that the idea that it's a, it's site-specific, that it's a park takeover as opposed to a park transformation, um, that these characters and creatures are in 
this theme park. They're, we're not pretending it's not a theme park. Yeah, I mean, all of our all of our characters are coming from their different respective lands of trick and treat, and they are very, you know, they're aware of and excited to see the ride ops and everybody that's in the parks and vice versa. The, the you know, the folks that work in the parks know that these characters are going to uh, come here and hang out. And everybody is very aware of what what Andy kind of always calls like the gifts of the parks to be aware of those things already. So there's been some really amazing serendipitous moments where we've, you know, we've been like, how can we do an area, our area called Spooky Spires and have this very sort of slightly morbid vibe. And then we see things that are actually in the parks and we're like, oh, it's already here. There's things, you know, oh, there already are, you know, the French quarter balconies and stuff. And, you know, so it's, it's amazing how much uh, we have both added in things that we've been excited to play with, but also gotten super jazzed about parts of the parks that already exist and how we can take those and incorporate those in the story. Cause we're, we're pretty big on, uh, even though we, we did a ton of creative development when we visited the parks, the, you know, the parks themselves did also definitely become characters in the story even more so than they were before. And one of the things that I think is so fun that they created is, is using the culture of how people behave at a theme park and how that fuels certain characters' story arcs. There's one character that is just looking for screams. They're trying to capture screams. And where do you hear the most screaming in a fun way, at least, by roller coasters? So it it just beautifully marries the story with the specific environment. It's really fun. <laughs> I love that. And you had mentioned roller coasters. Which roller coasters at these parks make you scream the most? All all rides make me scream. <laughs> I mean like the ones in like Planet Snoopy make me scream. I <laughs> scream on all rides. Well what's 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 really uh wild about for Andy and I that we didn't even realize until we were a fair amount into the process of this is that we both, uh, California's Great America was like our one of our home parks, basically. Um, so I actually found, uh, and I was showing it to Andy the other day, I found my season pass from 1992 um, when I was scared of every single ride that existed at California's Great America. So um, it's been, a, it's been a, a growing process. I probably am a little bit more of a coaster person, I would think, than... Jen and Andy, possibly. I don't know. That is 100% true. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's- That's 100% true. Yeah. I will say also like it, because it's our home park, I do have a special affinity for Demon. It was my first like real big kid coaster. Demon is a classic and perfect for Halloween with that theme. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we were pretty excited about Demon and Wild Thing just being like both of the parks are holding it down with some spookiness year round. So um, we didn't have to go too far to find it. And Valley Fair has Monster, too, which is not a monster, but it is like so beautiful to look at and looks it's black and orange and just waiting for us. Was just waiting for it. Yeah, Valley Fair is such a great park that comes alive at night. Like all those lights around the steel venom area look so cool. I can only imagine how the whole park's gonna look for tricks and treats. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's one of the things that we we always get energized about, and it is definitely a perk of the job getting to walk around, you know, from meeting to meeting when we're doing workshops in the park itself is that realization of you know, sometimes we get and I think it's just the nature of our business, we get so in our cubby holes writing or developing stuff or being on sort of endless meetings that we forget until we walk out we're like oh there's already a huge theme park with all of this amazing fun stuff happening plus halloween 
it's, you know, it's amazing to just be able to already have that feeling walking around months prior to the event and just be excited knowing that, you know, the combination is, is going to be, you know, pretty, pretty electric already. Those folks out there that are looking for some transformations of things they know and love at CGA, um, there are so many um, rides that people know and love and actually a, a new ride too in Ickyville that they are getting a little bit of an Ickyville twist. So uh, that part is very exciting. And I actually call that as like, I, I would say like, David, do you want some dessert? Cause like dessert is like, oh, let's talk about what are we going to call these rides that are in the middle of this land we're creating? Cause that's one of our favorite things to do is make up names of things. I don't know. Can I, can True. I say that? I feel like yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah. We, I think that probably on balance, we have spent, we spent a lot of time writing things, but, and developing shows, but I would still say, even with that, it's been about 70% candy puns <laughs> and, you know, ridiculous names that make us laugh. That's basically the, that's 70% of the formula of making a successful event. And not only does it make you laugh, but everything that is <laughs> created on paper for this event makes you just want to eat candy because I've been struggling since the day that they handed me any material. I've just been craving sugar nonstop, which is Halloween, right? That's your Halloween kid coming back to life. There, I think there was a point where we, I remember it was like a hot day and there was like a writing session and we were just like, are there any more candy puns? Have we, have we done them all? And we were like, oh no, here's some more. Like it was some more, not of candy. Hey, but, okay. still part of it though. Um, I was talking to uh, some folks at CGA that were there for the, their first year of Winterfest and how the performers feel about having originated Jack Frost or Sugar Plum Fairy or any of those roles and that sort of feeling of um, being a part of the pilot year of something that becomes people's tradition is so thrilling. Uh, to, I think for everybody from, you know, someone who's, you know, helping on the decor team to the performers that are bringing these characters to life to this creative team, what a what a dream to be a part of somebody's eventual remember when we went here for the first time story. It's also kind of cool too because uh, and I think that this is something we probably can talk about, which is that because the Cedar Fair family of parks, so many folks cross between different parks all over the country. Um, we have folks on our team that are like Carowinds is their home park or whatever. And uh, we do have there what there has been previous iterations of tricks and treats that are continuing on in the other parks that this these events are going to import some things like we have musical acts that are coming from Carowinds to, to this event. So there's a lot of things that are exciting just in the sense of it feeling like a very collaborative sharing uh, environment where we're, we're kind of getting lucky enough to take little pieces of all these other events and bring them together for this one. So what I would say is tricks and treats as, uh, as a sort of universe for Halloween is continuing to grow in a lot of different ways, depending on which park it's in. The Bob Baker marionette folks being involved as, as part of, as a puppet partner, like we're going to, it's sort of like a bucket list thing that for both Andy and I, that we've actually gotten to be part of, 
you know, partnering with the Bob Baker folks and getting custom marionettes done just for this event. So there's just all kinds of little, both Halloween and non-Halloween nerd dreams that we get to bring to life. It's so cool that you have marionettes from Bob Baker. How did that come to be? Well, and I think I would say like in terms of just from an industry perspective, I know that David and Jen and I have talked about this a lot is like, there's so many things that you work on in this line of work that never see the light of day, right? Like you've got these blue sky sessions, you've got, you know, play tests that go <laughs> nowhere. You've got, uh, you know, journal entries that you, you that never see anywhere outside of your uh, office. You've got all sorts of things that never happen. And so when we knew, when we got the green light, like when we were like, okay, this is happening and it's happening this year, there was a real sense of what do we love? What do we want? Now that we know this is happening, what do we want to see happen in the world? And so Bob Baker is a great example of that. When you're just in planning mode, you go like, wouldn't it be cool if Bob Baker Marionette Theater custom designed two characters to exist and just be marionettes that wander around the park and interact with people? That would be cool, wouldn't it? And we were like, Oh, but it's this event. It's happening right now. Let's call and see if they're if they'll do it. And th that kind of partnership is so thrilling. The fact that it's not a blue sky session in a conference room. It's happening, and we're and I get it. You know, from a personal perspective, the chance to collaborate with Jen and David and the rest of this incredible team, and then be able to share it with everyone. What? That's the happiest Halloween there is. <laughs> a dream come true. I love it. Yeah. And I think like that's the part too. I, I, a lot of times with these events, I think about it in terms of that kind of ensemble lineup of all the different things that are happening. And I can't really think of an event I've worked on or a project I've worked on before that has quite the range of like from Vlad Sanguine, who's a, like a vampire Fonz basically um, <laughs> to uh, Ginny Pumpkinseed, who's uh, Johnny Appleseed's uh, cousin by marriage. Is that right, Andy? Um, right. Who's obsessed with pumpkins and everything about the sort of spreading the good news about pumpkins um, to barbershop quartets singing about candy to a band called The Snots that just does pop versions, gross versions of pop songs. So all of that being in one place is pretty surreal in a good way. And I feel like Halloween is one of those rare times where you get total permission to be that all over the place and surreal, which is what I kind of try to do in projects where we have to be like a little more focused than this. So it's really fun to like not have to restrict ourselves and just know that we're covering the full gamut. I think Halloween is also a holiday where people get to play pretend already in costumes. And so to give them a world where everybody's really good at playing pretend <laughs> and they can be part of it um, is just a, a, a bigger invitation to the fun of what the holiday is. I will say that's also, if you want to dress up, you should and do it. And the performers will be very happy that you're dressed up. Um, all the, you know, all the little sort of foundational things of Halloween are definitely present here. There's trick-or-treating, there's, cost, you know, costume contests and dress up and all of that. So, and crafts. So uh, those little classic nostalgic pieces are there. So uh, I think it'll actually be extra fun to come in your costume and see how all the different characters react to it. But if you forget, 
to wear a costume. (laughs) There is a mask making station and those masks are awesome. I can't wait to make one actually. So cool. It sounds like skeletons of fun happening. Love it. Jen, Andy, David, thank you so much for being on the Ace Ride With Us podcast. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Perry twins. And you can visit the lands of tricks and treats at California's Great America and Valley Fair. Select dates now through October 30th. So if talking about the haunts at the Cedar Fair parks didn't get you spooked enough, let's head over to Pennsylvania for Hershey Park's Dark Nights. Jessica, take it away. Well, everyone, we are officially in full swing of spooky season, and I am so excited because I am here with the Director of Public Relations from Hershey Park. This is Quinn Briner. Quinn, how is spooky season going over there? Oh, well, we are definitely in the spooky mood, so Hershey Park Halloween is kicking off, so it runs seven weekends, September 17th through October 30th, more weekends than we've ever offered, so we're ready. It seems this year, like Hershey Park has really amped things up for Halloween. Would you say that's true? Indeed. Yeah. So this is actually the largest investment that we have ever made into one of our seasonal events. Just goes to show how popular the fall season is. And we keep adding new offerings as well. And I bet everybody is so excited about what are you the most excited about regarding Halloween at Hershey Park? Do not make me choose. (laughs) So I think what's really interesting about Hershey Park Halloween is we offer guests experiences that are only available during the fall. So, for example, we turn the lights out on three of our coasters for the last hour of operations. Our guests love that. And then our indoor glowing coaster, Laugh Track, we actually have black all the time during this season alone. So, so many guests and coaster fans seek out this time of year for some of those really thrilling over-the-top experiences. Um, We also offer um, trick-or-treating throughout the park. So of course, when in Hershey, you've got to come get some candy from us. So our Treatville Trail, we encourage guests 12 and under to come and trick-or-treat with us. We have 10 stops here in the park. So actually that's, I'm at one of our stops right here. Looks great. It continues into Hershey's Chocolate World. We've got a character glow party. So those are some incredible family-friendly experiences, but we are about to debut something all new, which is Dark Nights. Oh, what's that? Yeah, so Dark Nights is a frightfully immersive haunt experience. So we are adding four haunted houses and three scare zones to what our guests can experience as part of Halloween. Very exciting. But before I get into that, I have to go back because, of course, we are the American coaster enthusiasts. And you said three coasters plus laugh tracks will be in the dark. I have to know which three those are. Absolutely. So Candemonium, which is our new coaster, also has an incredible nightlight package on it. And you get to go around the fountain, the Kisses signature Kisses Fountain in Hershey's Chocolate Town. So Candemonium, which is our longest, tallest, and fastest coaster, that'll go dark for the last hour. And then some of our classic wooden coasters, Comet, which is 76 years young, also goes dark for the last hour. And then Lightning Racer, um, which is our great dueling wooden coaster. So those are those three plus the indoor glowing coaster, but not so much glowing this time of year. But don't worry, we've got glowing cocktails to make up for that. during. Okay. And all right, coaster fans. So now you've heard it here. You got to get those credits and you got to get them in the dark, everybody. All right. So now we're talking, I'm hearing trick-or-treating and I'm also hearing drinks and dark nights. So it sounds like you're sort of balancing, is this more of a family-friendly event? Is it more for adults or is it both? 
It is both. And we were really careful to consider what people know and love about coming to Hershey Park, right? So our Halloween experiences have always been family friendly. And so we wanted to continue to offer that to our guests. So we were careful about where our haunted houses are located. We have paths that you can avoid the scare zones as necessary if that's not necessarily your thing. So we have plenty of activities and Dark Night starts at 6 p.m., but the park remains open. So all of those, you know, rides that to get your credits on for dark rides um, continue. So we're not the kind of park where it becomes all one thing after a certain amount of time. So guests can choose their level of scare intensity throughout their visit. And that was really important to us to communicate that Hirsch Park Halloween and Dark Nights is an add-on without taking anything away. Great. And is it a separate ticketed event? Dark Nights is. So if you choose to do the Haunted Houses, that is an add-on ticket. And you get a wristband that allows you to enter all four of our Haunted Houses as many times as you dare during the night that you choose um, to visit us. And so we did that purposely. And what's unique about the house locations is that they are located throughout the park. So you don't have to leave the park to experience them. They're um, purposely kind of seamlessly in in your path as you're walking through a scare zone. So you can be riding some of our great coasters like Sky Rush or Great Bear, then go visit Creature Chaos, which is one of our haunted houses. Then you can kind of head to a haunted coal mine, another house, and just keep riding coasters and going through haunted houses together. So kind of having all of those experiences side by side, we thought would make our Halloween offering unique. So I heard Creature, what's it called? Oh, Creature Chaos. Yes. And I heard on our blog, um, stories.hersheypa.com, we went behind the haunt, as we call it, and talked through some of the unique backstories between each house. So, you know, what makes it unique to us? What makes it kind of tied to Central Pennsylvania? You know, where we came up with the ideas. Um, One of the things we think our guests will love is how immersive the experiences are. So you walk in and you feel like you're in a different world. So Creature Chaos is one, Haunted Coal Mine is another, and then we have The Descent and then Twisted Darkness up towards our Midway America, yeah, which is like an evil carnival theme. Um, But I don't want to give too much away because it's just not knowing what you're walking into, literally. Um, I was joking with a colleague that I was scared with the lights on without our scare actors, which I don't don't know what that says about me, but hopefully (laughs) it, it gives you a sense of what the houses will allow you to experience. That sounds amazing. And for people who love haunted houses, it sounds like that this is going to be really exciting for them as well. So in terms of, you know, Hershey Park, I think Hershey Park, you're all known for your food. So are there some special food and drink offerings this year involved with Halloween as well? Well, Hershey Park is certainly known for over-the-top foods, and this season is no exception. So the team was really inspired by Halloween and dark nights. So whether you want savory things with a twist, I'll try to show you here. For example, they're serving crab fritters that come with this amazing syringe so you can inject your sauce into them. Think curly fries, all kinds of things like that. Or they're inspired by the haunted houses. So um, the haunted coal mine allowed us to do black brioche buns and coal dusted chicken, you know, things that would feel very reminiscent of that um, area. And of course, you have to come and get your glowing cocktail. Absolutely. And then we also have um, some really over-the-top culinary treats. So think 
all things creepy, but delicious, like cake pops. And we do king size everything here at Hershey Park. So this is one of our king size donuts. Oh my gosh. For everybody who cannot see this, it is a huge eyeball. It's an eyeball. As big as your head. And then our king size shakes are back and bigger than ever. So we actually have four different varieties. So check out our Instagram page, Hershey Park Eats, so that you can drool over all these things. And what we love about this is they're exclusive only to the season. So if you want to try any or all of them, you have to come during the seven weekends of Hershey Park Halloween. That sounds so exciting. Uh, all looks delicious. That syringe of sauce is out of, out of control. I love it. It's, what a great idea. So creative. And then um, at the Chocolatier, which is our signature full um, service restaurant bar and patio, they've got spooky cocktails like the Ghostini, things like that, and then some higher end options. So think like squid pasta and things that, you know, kind of look very kind of dark and spooky, but taste just as delicious. Oh my gosh, that sounds absolutely magical. I love it. How about in terms of entertainment? Are there shows or anything to watch or? We do have the talents of more than 100 different scare actors as part of Dark Nights. Um, So in our walkthrough areas, you may encounter um, some interesting characters for sure. But then we're known for Hershey characters. So this is the only place in the world where you can get selfies with characters. And so every night during Hershey Park Halloween, we have a character glow party, which is just as cute and interactive as it sounds. So our characters dress up in their own Halloween costumes. And we invite families to join us at 830 for a dance party with glow sticks, of course. And then we also still have the Aqua Theater. Um, It's 50 years old this season, and you can enjoy seal and sea lion shows as well. Amazing. That sounds so fun. Speaking of animals, I heard about a collaboration with the Zoo America for the Creatures of the Night attraction. Did you want to talk about that? Absolutely. So starting in mid-October, we offer Creatures in the Night at Zoo America. It's the only time the zoo is open at night. So we encourage guests to bring their flashlights and you get to tour the zoo at night and learn about all sorts of nocturnal animals in their natural habitat. So our team is there kind of showing you why these animals aren't scary. Um, And so you get to learn, you get to experience them kind of up close. So a lot of our guests um, tell us that it's their favorite time to visit the zoo because it's such an unusual experience to tour it by flashlight. So that's included um, starting mid-October when we start to add Fridays to the mix. So open Saturdays and Sundays for now, then mid-October we add Creatures of the Night and Friday nights to the fun. That sounds so fun. I love that to be able to walk around with a flashlight and see nocturnal animals. That's what a unique experience. How cool is that? Is my kids are obsessed with it. And, and that's what we hear often that it's their favorite part of the experience after they get loaded up with candy from the trick or treat trail, um, going over to the zoo to enjoy that uh, kind of once in a season experience. Anything we should know about costumes or what we can wear to the park? Sure. So we do have our costume policy on our website. Um, In general, we ask um, guests to kind of follow modest attire. Costumes aren't required, but they're encouraged, especially for our younger guests. We love to see them kind of bring their creativity to things like um, the treat bill experience. So best to kind of take a look. We do have different costume guidelines for adults versus kids, but we want people to be able to get into the Halloween spirit. Um, So we encourage guests to check out our website for those details. Okay, so Dark Nights is running weekends, September 17th through October 30th. Have the park hours extended for this? Yes, they have. So Hershey Park Halloween 
will run for seven weekends, which is more than we've ever offered before. So generally the park is open two to 10 on Saturdays and then two to nine on Sundays. Dark night starts at 6 p.m. each evening. So then on Saturdays, you get to hang until 11 p.m. to enjoy Ooh. that. So we know that guests love to walk through the park with the lights on. The later it gets, sometimes the more exciting it is for them. And then mid-October, we add Friday nights as well. So we're open 5 to 10 on Fridays. So dark nights, again, is a, the separate ticketed experience. But um, we have plenty for guests to enjoy after dark either way. That sounds so great. I... I'm so excited for this. I love this for Hershey Park. I think that this just makes sense. And I think that so many people are going to be excited about this and excited going all in on their Halloween experience over at Hershey Park. So everyone, go ahead and check out HersheyPark.com. They have all of the info there on the website, as well as ticket prices, and they break everything down. And there's also, I believe, Quinn, correct me if I'm wrong, um, a scare guide to sort of let you know what areas would be good for you and your family that don't want to be scared and where the top haunts are. Is that correct? Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. So we have what we call a scare meter, which lives on our Hershey Park map. So you're able to see green areas that aren't scary at all. And then the intensity of a scare zone, yellow to orange, and then all of our haunted houses are red, which we call spine tingling. So you get a sense of the level of fright that you can experience throughout the park. That's really great. That really makes it something for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. So whether you want your thrills on coasters or through these haunted houses, we've got you covered. Uh, oh, you know what I forgot to ask about? Merch. Of course. Yeah. Tell me about the merch. I'm a merch. I'm a shopper myself. So what can we look forward to in terms of merch? Oh, uh, we have so many exciting new retail options that were inspired by kind of the Dark Knights feel. So certainly we have the I Survived, all the different haunted houses. Um, a lot of the products glow in the dark, whether it's a glowing cup or a glowing t-shirt or sweatshirt. We have um, specialty re retail locations like the Emporium and the Boutique, of course, B-O-O. -O. Boutique, uh, get it. <laughs> so when you come, you want to get that kind of once a year souvenir throughout the park too. Awesome. I love it. Quinn, thank you so much for talking with us today. I know that the American Coaster Enthusiasts are so excited. There's a lot of crossover between coaster fans who also love going out for the haunts, and especially with the opportunity to ride coasters at night. This is right up our alley. So everyone, Dark Nights, check it out. Weekends, September 17th through October 30th. And Hershey Park is all set up for Halloween. So you're going to see some great Halloween things and try some treats. Have a great time, everybody. And uh, thanks again, Quinn. Of course. Happy Halloween and happy coaster riding. And of course, it cannot be a Halloween is coming podcast without talking about Universal. So why don't you start with uh, your coast? Universal Hollywood Halloween Horror Nights is huge this year. There are eight haunted houses plus the Terror Tram, which, of course, with the most talked about haunted house this year being The weekend, The weekend has his own haunted house. Everybody's talking about the lines are going to be so long for that. I'm recommending people beeline to that as soon as the park opens. I should also mention, you heard me call it a haunted house. In the past, Universal has called their haunts mazes. They're rebranding this year. It used to be that Orlando had the houses and Hollywood had the mazes, but now they're saying, nope, forget it. These are haunted houses as well. And I, my understanding is they are all mostly indoors, except, of course, the Terror Tram, 
which is the other thing that everybody's talking about, the must do, because this year you get to walk through not only the Bates Motel set and get your picture taken with Norman Bates once again, this time without masks, which is nice, but also you get to walk through the set of Nope and get to see some of Jordan Peele's characters from Get Out and Us and Nope. How great, how unique of an experience is that to this park? So exciting. Oh, and just for those people who don't know, Weekend is a... The Weekend? <laughs> oh, The Weekend is a musical artist. He was a <laughs> halftime performer this past year. <laughs> Remember with like the mirror mazes and all of that? Yeah, so uh, very exciting. He's definitely got an interesting mind on him. That's for sure. And a lot of his music videos are sort of a little steeped in horror and have some sort of themes to horror, like the hills have eyes and things like that. So I think that it actually will lend itself very well to a haunted house. And I can't wait to see it. And, you know, I have never seen one of his music videos. <laughs> well, it's time for you to YouTube. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So there's plenty of YouTube playlists out there that have put together what they call the what a, like a prequel to the haunted house that you, they say they're a must see. So we'll have to track one of those down and put it in the show notes. For sure. And they also have that over on the Orlando side. So I will be going to the Orlando one and this is the 31st year. Wow. Isn't that crazy to think about? They've been yeah. doing that for that many years. So it's a good combination. I would say of course, we've already talked about the weekend, but Little Boo is, what I think, what's popular in Orlando. <laughs> Do you guys have a, a Little Boo over? He's like a little teeny pumpkin character. Yeah, we have some like merch here, super, for sure. Super, super popular for some reason. And last year, my Ew. my favorite- no, Baby favorite Yoda, house, Baby Groot, Little Boo. I, like, I guess, it's a trend, right? Yeah, yes, I guess it is a trend. They do like their merch, right? Uh, so last year, my favorite haunted house was the uh, pumpkin lore. And yeah. this year, it's now going to be one of the haunt zones. That'll be a, also a, a kind of interesting one for me. So I am super looking forward to it. And the other one that they talk about a lot, I think, is the bugs. Oh, so gosh. Have, you, have you heard about this one yet? Oh, yes. I am dreading. I'm going to Orlando, too, in a couple of weeks. And I am dreading going through this maze. I do not like <laughs> bugs. I do not like clowns. Of course, there's the killer clowns maze here in Hollywood. Ooh, but you know what? Also, something that a lot of people are talking about is that this year, Universal has a bunch of haunted houses coming out this year that are not based in IP. Like nope. the Bugs and Scarecrow. There's one here in Hollywood. The Scarecrow one is supposed to be super gory. There's the Haunted Hotel, the Universal Horror Hotel, I think is one of them. It's got kind of like Tower of Terror vibes. And it's all original IP. How do you feel about that? I personally I, love that Universal is able to use their IP. I so. do. I definitely like that. So it's is it less haunted houses this year but the haunted houses are bigger is that, is that no universal i think this is the most maybe up like tied with the most they've ever had here in hollywood eight plus the terror tram oh cool so there is a lot to look forward to this for halloween sure. season for sure so stay tuned because we're also going to do a recap so on the recap episode if you're an ace member why don't you tell them what they can do to participate in the podcast we know a lot of you out there don't just love coasters. You also love spooky season as much as we do. And you're all going to see the haunts. And so 
what we're asking is if you would grab your phone, hit the voice memo or video and record just an audio of you telling us at your home park where you live, the haunt that you went to, you tell us what is the number one haunted house that you saw this year that you say is a must do? What's the number one food and drink item, scare zone, anything that you think would be helpful to our listeners in your area? Let us know. We're so excited to hear from you. Just grab your phone, hit voice memo, or you can even do it as a video. But all we need is the audio recording. Please just send that file to podcast at aceonline.org and you might be featured here on the Ride with Ace podcast. We would love to have you. Ride With Us is produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a registered 501c3 organization. Visit aceonline.org for additional information, and we will see you at the parks.